Episode 8, Hey Love Podcast. Welcome to Hey Love, engaging the introverted woman in soul care, spirituality, and social spaces. Here, it's all about relationships. Today I want to talk to you about one thing that may be keeping you from really experiencing the kind of trust and closeness that you long for in relationships. It's this little thing I call FOBO. You've heard of FOMO, fear of missing out. Well, FOBO is fear of being open. I made up the term to capture this elusive thing in the back of your mind that whispers suggestions to you about needing to keep people at arm's length. At least I thought I made up the term. A quick Google search (laughs) showed me that someone else already coined that phrase, um, but they used FOBO to describe a fear of being offline. But I'd never heard of it, so we're going to just go with this. This kind of FOBO that I'm talking about might keep you from being really honest with God. might keep you from speaking to someone that you feel drawn to at a Bible study or it might keep you from witnessing to somebody at the next desk, or calling a friend for coffee, or even attending a church picnic. FOBO may actually fool you into thinking that guardedness is your friend, and you may even feel like you're being protected for a while, but really, it provides nothing more than a temporary sense of safety. It's false. And if you're isolating yourself, FOBO could be keeping you from a true gift that God intended for you to enjoy all through life. Connection. The words connection and intimacy are used interchangeably a lot because their definitions are so similar. It's a coming together, a sense of being known and accepted and treasured by someone else and knowing and accepting and treasuring them back. In order to have this sense of connection or intimacy that we were wired to crave, you know, it's deposited in us. We have to allow our souls to mingle with others and share our hearts openly with them. It's been said that our society as a whole, this generation, has become so disconnected that we're suffering from what's called intimacy deficit, which can lead to depression, anxiety, overwhelm, burnout. No wonder we're so tired and depressed. Think how hard we must be working to avoid something that we were designed to want. Something that's so critical to our existence that the human heart can actually stop pumping without it. It's like food. So we go for long periods of time without it, and then we reach for the nearest fix to give us just a shot in the arm, just enough to get us through the day or the night. For you, it might be wine or shopping or sex or codependency or some other drug. We women struggle with intimacy, especially us in the West. We struggle with being known and loved for who we are, feeling accepted and safe and close. We want intimacy. We want it. We do. But we try desperately to stifle that longing, that desire, because it seems too risky. And we all know what it feels like when our trust has been betrayed. Well, I can tell you from experience that FOBO can really affect a girl's well-being and quality of life. Just a couple of weeks ago, my husband and I were heading out to a picnic on the lawn of our church. And as we were driving on I-65 heading north, 
I looked out the window and I was taking in all the sights of fall. The clear azure blue October sky, the powder puff clouds, the sun was just starting to fall easy to our left. The sweet Tennessee hills were ablaze with color. Even the temperature was pleasing to both an Oregonian man and a girl from a tropical climate. No one complained about the air conditioning blowing too hard or soft in the car that day. We didn't need it on at all. It was just a blissful Sunday afternoon. Then suddenly, out of nowhere, it came. I started feeling really anxious. My heart started pounding, and I was having difficulty breathing like I couldn't catch a deep breath. My throat became tight. My stomach started hurting. Waves of nausea added to the mix. I think I might have been on my way to a mini panic attack. This is all within a matter of minutes. Has this ever happened to you? I really started trying to think about what I was thinking about. You know, I had to be really deliberate. And I wondered, maybe it's the coming election that I'm worried about. Maybe I'm really more stressed about that than I realize. But then my big sis, Diane Belbeck, her, her voice kept ringing in my ears. If you haven't heard her interview, you got to go back and hear it. It's episode six and seven. But she always would tell me anytime I felt stressed or worried about anything, including the last two elections, <laughs> that God is still sovereign. He is still seated on the throne. He's either sovereign or he's not. You know, I didn't think that the election was ha- what had me stressed. So I really tried to be deliberate. What am I thinking about? You know, sometimes there are thoughts that just sort of lurk back in the recesses of your mind, like little wallflowers at a dance. But these thoughts, even when they may seem harmless, they sometimes have the power to throw a wet blanket on a party if you let them. So when I really began to be intentional and mindful and zero in on my thought activity, here's what I was hearing in my head. What are we doing here? Where are we going to set our blanket and chairs? Who are we going to talk to? Who's going to talk to us? Will we know anybody here? What if nobody sits by us? Picturing myself, that visual, walking out onto the lawn of the church with hundreds of other people, I just didn't feel up for it. I didn't know if I could open myself up to that. I was dealing with a major case of social phobo. I did have some rational thoughts mixed in there, too. Like, what is this? I remember feeling this way in junior high, wondering where to sit in the Kafna Gymnatorium. But it doesn't really make sense to feel that way now. These are my peeps. So these ideas, most likely, must not be from God. I can't imagine why my father in heaven would ever want me to feel this way about going to a party with my church family. It didn't make sense. So that left me with, this might just be the enemy. This may be just a spiritual warfare thing. Now that seemed more logical. I could imagine him wanting me to not show up. I could see him putting discouraging thoughts in my head about fellowshipping with the saints that I've grown spiritually with over the last two decades. The dear ones with whom I've studied the Bible and shared prayer requests and served in various ministries all over our beloved community. These are the brothers and sisters with whom I've cared for and taught our children in the learning center. And I've worshipped the same living God with these people. I knew that Satan, the enemy of our unity, can't read our thoughts, but he can hear what we say out loud. And I've seen enough to know that our words do have power over this present darkness, the evil forces in the air. 
So I thought it would be a good idea for me to say out loud what was going on inside as the mental tapes were playing on. I interrupted Blair in the middle of a story, and I said, Hey, I just need you to know where I am right now, what's going on inside my head. Okay, he answered. He was curious. What's up? I proceeded to tell him, Well, I'm feeling really insecure about going to this picnic. I mean, a few minutes ago, I was actually ready to ask you if we could turn around and go back home. I was going back and forth in my head, but then I got to a place of, no, we've been planning on this. We have friends who are getting baptized today, and we always end up having a great time at these things. I told him specifically about each fear I was having and about the nausea and the tightness in my throat and the shortness of breath. Even though we've been members of this church for almost 20 years, we were there since the very first public meeting at the old high school where we met in that Kafna gymnatorium. I thought it was so strange that I was feeling this way, and I wondered what would it be like for a new person who really doesn't know anybody. Well, Blair didn't have some fix-all answer. He just went, really? Huh. And that's just what I needed, to be heard. As soon as I opened up and said it all out loud, something happened in the car that Sunday afternoon. I don't know, something cleared. As soon as I made that confession, the fears that I named out loud lost their power over me somehow. I feel like it's important to say something about fear as we're discussing FOBO, the fear of being open. It's not a sin to experience fear. I really want you to hear me on that. Think about, you know, all through the Bible, you know how there were appearances of angels? And every time they open with that line, do not fear. Well, this isn't because it's wrong for a human to experience fear at the sight of an angel. They knew that that would be a natural response for the human. It's more like, don't stay in your fear, human. Don't camp there. It's to be an encouragement. Even the word encourage means to give courage. So it's not like the human was being reprimanded. So it's really not like bravery equals an absence of fear. There's no rule that says in order to be courageous or brave, it's like there can't be any presence of fear. It's That's not the way it is. It's that you confess the fear, you repent of it, you move forward and obey in the face of fear. If you deal with the kind of social anxiety I dealt with on the way to my church picnic, or intimacy deficit, or attachment disorder, or any form of FOBO, here are three steps you may find helpful in remedying that. First, connect with your own heart. Get to know yourself. A good guide here is to ask yourself what you were like when you were four years old. The purest version of yourself. What was that little girl like? What color dress did she love to wear? Did she love flowers or watercolors? What was her favorite pastime? And you know what? Writing with your offhand can help you sometimes open up to your heart. So explore a little bit and get honest about your doubts. What scares you? What makes you angry? What makes you pound the table? What makes you cry? What makes you laugh? I came to a point in my depression some time ago during the dark years where I finally said in the middle of a prayer out loud to God, I hate myself and I hate you too. And as soon as I said it, I could exhale. Now, I'm not saying it was right or wrong necessarily to say I hate you to God. 
I'm not sure. I mean, for a while I did wonder if I had committed blasphemy. But I do know that being real and honest was a huge relief, and it opened a door to real healing. That day on my knees, I gave my heart the honor that it deserved by allowing it to have a voice. For once, I felt connected to my heart. Secondly, connect with God's heart. Okay, so the first one is connect with your own heart. Secondly, connect with God's heart. The best way to get to know God is to know His Son, Jesus Christ, who is the mirror likeness of the Father's radiance, a perfect reflection of His majesty. You can learn so much about Jesus by reading the gospel accounts of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Especially look at the interactions Jesus had with the women and the children and the downcasts, the undesirables of the day. This man is trustworthy. When I got really open and honest in that prayer, I felt connected to the heart of God. Somehow he felt closer to me than he did before I confessed it. I could almost hear him say, Okay, now we're getting somewhere. You're giving me something I can finally work with. I could let go of the hard pretense that I'd held onto so tight. It was like a brick wall was crumbling down around my heart. And that opened up more space for intimacy with God who's wild, but good. Okay, so we got connect with yourself, connect with God's heart. And then third, connect with God's people. So many of the Apostle Paul's most loved, most quoted verses use plural pronouns. They're addressed to us as a body, not to you or me individually. Have you ever noticed that? Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms in Christ, just as he chose us in Christ so that we would be holy. He predestined us to be adopted as his own children, and his glorious grace, which he so freely bestowed on us. In him, we have redemption and pardon of our sin in accordance with the riches of his grace, which he lavished on us. And we are joint heirs. We've received an inheritance. And therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us run with endurance on and on. There are so many verses like that. We can gather from this that the one who inspired Paul, the true author himself, who is God, thinks it's of great import for us to be interconnected with other members of the body. So as you're moving toward other people, Consider using the there-you-are approach. Have you heard this term? One woman might walk into a room expecting others to make her feel comfortable and welcome. She's basically saying, here I am. Another type of woman walks into the same room and finds something interesting about the other people in there and helps them to feel included. So, So she's pursuing, she's initiating with them. She's in essence saying, there you are. When you choose the latter... There's no guarantee that it's going to work perfectly or go flawlessly well, but it's so freeing to take your eyes off yourself, and it makes a party way more fun. Recently, I I attended a women's retreat. I have never enjoyed a gathering of women so much, really. We connected. It felt so easy and organic. Our leader, Paige, kicked us off by having us study a few passages in Ephesians, some of those that I touched on earlier just the first three chapters, and it was so brilliant. And and just a side note, it's 
a great idea to hold a retreat at the beginning of a study in the fall, even if it's just for a day, as opposed to at the end of the year. Because this way you have all year with the women that you got to know on the retreat. And it makes Bible study, especially small group time, so much richer. So we all spent time just sprawled out all over the building, which is really just a big warehouse. Each of us, you know, we were just camping in these verses where Paul talks about how we're seated in the heavenlies with Christ. Remember, Paul was in shackles at the time. But he tells us from that prison cell that no matter where we are, what we're experiencing, what that we're actually seated with Christ in the heavenlies. And that's more reality than what we're seeing with our physical eyes. We are chosen, set apart, consecrated, loved, blessed, saved, appointed, adopted, signed, sealed, stamped, delivered. We as children of God, having received Jesus Christ as Savior, have been ransomed and redeemed and restored and precious, strengthened, enlightened, empowered, energized, given boldness and courage, dominion and authority, fullness in Him. We're honored. We've been set free. We're ransomed, unified, grafted, adopted into a forever family, rooted and grounded in love, secure, promised eternal life in heaven where we will be face to face with our Savior, flooded with so much Jesus that he can't help but splash out from deep inside us onto others all around us. These passages are what set the tone for the day retreat. This little pocket of women in Franklin, Tennessee, it feels like we're learning how to be a there-you-are culture. It's not perfect because we're not perfect. But we're experimenting and getting more comfortable with the idea of being authentic and real and true to ourselves, honest, willing to feel our feelings and express them openly in love to other people. We'll trip over each other, I'm sure. We'll have misunderstandings and disagreements, but we're trying to be more open to what God has for us in opening up to each other. Connecting with these women in my church body has tasted so sweet. What about you? Do you see yourself as a here-I-am person bound up in Phobo? If you do, you're not alone. (laughs) Write in. We can talk about it. Visit the Facebook page, Hey Love Podcast. Let's come together and start an open discussion about this. Paul's words are for you. Remember whose you are today. Because when you have your identity straight, it's a lot easier to move out of Phobo and be a there-you-are type person. And now I get to play for you my very first endorsement. It's from someone whose voice you just might recognize. I am so excited. It's Amy Grant. Now there's a great example of a there you are person. It's so funny. People ask me all the time, whoa, you're friends with Amy Grant? And I always milk it. Oh yeah, we're best friends. Mm -hmm. She just doesn't know that yet. No, but living in Nashville, it's really fun. I've gotten to meet several of my heroines. But I am notorious, you got to know, for opening my mouth and inserting my foot every time I meet somebody. And people always assume that since my husband is in the music industry and he's worked on different projects, that's how I meet all these wonderful, high-profile people. But it's so funny. If you only knew how obscure and simple and quiet our little lives are, we really don't get out much at all. And actually, I've never been in the same room with Amy Grant and Blair at the same time. I first met Amy 30 years ago at my first Christian concert. 
which happened to be held at my college, which was so not a Christian college, Missouri State University. Now I see her about every, about once a year or two, I don't know, just around town. And I'm always shocked that she remembers my name. I think she's just really good at remembering people's names, but I like to think that I'm really special and I made a super great impression, and that's why she remembers me. Amy has a new Christmas record coming out this week, Friday, I think, the 21st of October, and it's her first Christmas record in almost 20 years. And while she was finishing up vocals, I caught up with her, and I asked her for an interview, so listen for that. But in the meantime, enjoy this, my very first endorsement. This is Amy Grant, and baby, baby, you're listening to Hey Love Podcast, engaging a woman in soul, spirit, and social spaces. I like that. Isn't that great? She's so fun. So like I was saying, be looking for her interview here in the next few weeks. You will love hearing from her, I'm sure. Her interview, I'm going to ask her all sorts of good personal questions about her relationships. And she's always like an open book. Before we part ways, I want to leave you with this. If you've been dealing with FOBO of any kind, I want to challenge you to walk through the three steps I laid out at the beginning of this episode. Connect with yourself, connect with your God, and connect with others. This is like we say at the top of the show every time, engaging in soul care, spirituality, and social spaces. So name your fear, then repent of it. Ask God how to do that. Ask Him to help you move through your fear. Just another way for you to live out love. My thanks to the heroic, handsome, most talented rock star, keyboard player, producer, engineer extraordinaire, and my best friend, Blair Masters, for setting it all to music. And thank you for joining us. Come on back, and we'll talk more about how you can find your happy by living life more connected. I don't know. Someone's running up and down the stairs. Can you hear that? Oh my goodness. Sounds like a herd of elephants up there. What is going on? Seriously. Good grief.